Well, welcome to the Bad Fan Podcast. I am your host, Cole Carter, and we are so glad to have you tuned in with us. If you're listening along on Spotify, then a big welcome to you today. And if you're viewing this on YouTube, then I hope you leave a like if you find today's episode to be a good one. If you're new to the podcast, then we would be honored for you to subscribe today. Along with subscribing, I would encourage you to click the bell below this video to get notifications for all new videos that are posted. That way you can always be connected with all things bad fan. But as always, I can't do this thing alone. Let's bring in the guys, Steven and Brandon. Together, the three of us will all take a journey through the world of sports, giving you an informative rundown on the headlines you need to know and discussing our views that may go against the grain of normal fans. Steven, Brandon, it's good to see you both. How have the week's been so far? Work's been good. Work's hey, been that good. That's for something. Have there been? I mean, I guess the U.S. has qualified, which we'll get into, which is great. Uh, Important, big, nice. But in the world of sports, not much. I've been watching a lot of uh, Call of Duty streamers, actually. <laughs> big. That's big for you, Steve. What's up, dude? Oh man, uh, the two time is releasing an album. Um, is so that's actually? exciting. Uh, he's working on it. He's the old. I guess he's not releasing it, but he's working on. It. He's announced that he's going to be doing an album, so that's really exciting. Uh, one of my favorite bands, Cage the Elephant, announced that they're working on an album finally, nice. and the United States qualified for the World Cup. So good week. Massive, Steve. What kind of scarf you rocking there? Oh, just a really uh, a got here. A little hot spur okay. here. Okay, and we <laughs> both y'all rocking the Atlanta United jersey. Steve's got the old King Peach. It's a long Matt's... sleeve too. Oh, hey, that's special. Gorgeous. Uh, what color star? Any... Or is there no star? Uh, the no, there's a star, but it's the. Uh... Oh, it is pre-star. Oh, it's dang. pre-star. Pre-star. It's yeah, I have a pre-star. Yeah. Uh, Brandon, you got the Justice Equality jersey on. I love that one. It's, it's one of the best ones, man. And I'm rocking the Venezia Nike shirt, repping it before Kappa. You know, just the OGs rocking some jerseys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, put some spec on our name, you know. <laughs> but um, we're going to start, as we always do, with some headlines. Um, since the last time we talked, since you guys last joined us on The Bad Fan, um, a huge game happened in the world of women's football. Yes, we're going to talk about some women's football. Uh, the quarterfinals of the Champions League saw Barcelona host Real Madrid. So an, an all-important El Clasico. Uh, this was the second leg of the draw. Uh, this was at home in Barcelona. Uh, with Barcelona up 3-1, to one, they ended up slashing Real Madrid, winning 5-2 to two on the day, putting them down to an 8-3 aggregate win. But what stole the headlines might surprise some people. I don't know if this surprised you guys, uh, but the crowd at the Camp Nou came out to be 91,533 fans. All of them showed up and showed out for this match, setting the world record for a women's game. Guys, this is great. This is absolutely amazing to see the women's game growing like that. Um, I don't know. Do you guys know what the previous high was? What game might have been? Brandon, you might know. Steven, don't have a guess. I think I looked it up beforehand, so I'd be cheating if I said it. Cheater, Steven, Do you know what? Um, it is? I'll I'll take a guess. I I'd like to think. Let's see, ninety one thousand. I feel like it was like a shattering number. So I'll say like the previous record was like seventy seven. Is what I'll guess. So the attendance of this Barcelona Real Madrid match surpassed the previous official high for a club match, which was sixty thousand seven hundred thirty nine. <laughs> 
That was an Atletico versus Barcelona game at the Wanda Metropolitano. That was in 2019, so that stadium had just opened then. A big matchup between those two Spanish clubs. But there was a higher crowd of 90,000. 30,000 more. That's pretty incredible for a club match. Um, But it also surpassed a crowd of 90,185 that attended the World Cup final between the U.S. and China at the Rose Bowl in 1999. So, huge match. Um, That really puts the women's game on a major pedestal, um, on a big platform for all the world to see. Um, Obviously, a huge match between Madrid and Barcelona. Um, Really, really cool to see that. Hopefully, Mm -hmm. you know, as the women's game continues to grow, as bigger investors and more money pours into the game, uh, we might see the game continue to grow like that. Um, Elsewhere, in the Premier League, uh, they announced a rule change that has a lot of mixed reviews and comments. Brandon, can you give me the rundown on that one? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll touch on it. I mean, so sort of back to COVID times, and a lot of leagues adopted this, um, basically the five-substitute rule. Um, so next season, starting next season, the clubs will be permitted to use these five substitutions, um, but they can only be made during three um, substitution windows is what they call them. Um, and I guess there's an, op- there's an extra opportunity at halftime. So technically four, um, a lot of teams don't change players at half. So I don't know, but let's just call it four opportunities to change. Um, you know, so, and, and also a total of nine substitutes can be named on, on the bench. So I don't know if that changes from now. I think maybe there's still seven substitutes on a bench or maybe they kept it nine. I don't know. Um, but like you said, there's a lot of mixed reviews on this. How do you guys feel about it? Steven, go ahead. Yeah, um, I think the key there is the three windows of it. So it's just like you're not taking any more time away from stop to play, I'm sure is the reasoning behind it. Um, but no, I think it's good, especially I feel like as athletes just get stronger, faster, and just better at the sport, I feel like injuries also accumulate way more um and i want to see the best players always playing and if that means that sometimes they had to rest get subbed off and uh, have fresh legs here and there um i think it's a good thing for the sport the biggest criticism i saw was interesting between like the smaller clubs like let's just say like burnley and you have manchester city two teams on polar opposite ends of the spectrum right uh, but Burnley and those teams, I think, enjoyed having the three substitutes versus the five just because a team like Man City, mm. I mean, the five substitute that they're putting in are still starters on most teams. <laughs> yeah. So it's it to them, it's like ah. an unfair advantage that the bigger teams have. You know, Burnley isn't going to bring on Riyad Mahrez in the 70th minute. You know, it's, it's a little bit topsy-turvy in that sense. So I think that's where the controversy comes in. Um, I do, however, think five substitutes works. Um, if the majority of leagues are doing it now, it sort of makes sense for the Premier League to fall in line. Um, you know, I think the three substitutes was a more strategic thing. And I think that was like, you know, the manager had a better job to, you know, maintain the game, to probably plan out the game. Um, but with five, obviously, you don't have to use them. You can still use the three or two if you wanted to. Uh, but it just makes a little bit more sense to have five just to keep players' legs fresh, especially with such a busy schedule and all that. But, yeah, I mean, you know, it's always good to have the game evolving. I think it's a positive change. Um, but I think the bigger thing 
this is also something that's been flip-flopping is the summer transfer window. You know, the league talking about in the summer 22 transfer window, it's going to open up on June 10th and it's going to close on September 1st in line with other European leagues. So refresh my memory, the league had just changed it, what, a year or two ago to be in line with the Premier League schedule and not the European schedule. Is that right, guys? Because it used to be no in idea. line with other European leagues, <clears throat> and then they changed it. Now they think they're changing it back again. So they really can't make up their minds on what they want the <laughs> deadline to be anymore. Yeah, remember the yeah it was a different deadline um, because Premier League, you know, it has to be different. Um, but no, I think it's I think when it's all the European, you know, leagues and nations stuff like that, they need to be on the same schedule. Like this. It's so confusing to have deals be done, not be done, all this kind of stuff, just for everyone to be on the same page. They're playing like this. It's like the agents playing chicken and stuff, but like it's putting Premier League teams at disadvantages and stuff like that while everybody else is on this one page and they're not. So I don't know. I think it makes sense for everybody to be on the same uh, transfer window. Yeah, I, I, I won't add any, mo- <laughs> any more to it. I, I, I think it makes sense for everybody to be on it. Um, is the MLS on that? <laughs> but technically, yes. Who knows? But uh, yeah, I don't think that's a, a crazy change necessarily. But I'm I'm glad they they came to that conclusion though. Yeah, they're just putting themselves at a disadvantage. You know, let's just say, you know, Manchester United misses out on a player that's also linked to Real Madrid. It's like, well, if Man U misses out, Madrid gets an extra two three weeks to try and land this guy. So it's just like you're putting yourself at a disadvantage as a league on not getting these deals done and seeing great players go to different leagues. So it's, it's, it's good to have that unification mm-hmm. of everyone being on the same deadline, everyone being on the same page. So I do think that's a good move as well. Um, another good move uh, from April 4th in 2022, so in a, just under a week or so, uh, the league will now remove twice-weekly COVID-19 testing of players and staff and move to symptomatic testing only. Um, so other key updates include the removal of the requirement for clinical passports. Uh, so that was to access previously restricted areas at training grounds and on match days in the premier league. So pretty much everything now returns to business as usual operations, which from a fan, a player, staff, everyone involved, as we can finally begin to move on from COVID restrictions, this is a great move. Um, something that will definitely be received well. Um, but outside of the premier league. I was going to say, it could all change, though, so don't hang on to that. (laughs) Hoping hoping that we can uh, stick stick to this one, but as you said, anything can change. Um, It is the world we live in now. Um, We wanted to give a quick promo and also a quick headline uh, outside the world of sports. um, If you guys followed our gaming podcast, which we encourage you to go check out the State of Gaming episode one, I mean, future episodes coming down the road, but the Breath of the Wild sequel got postponed to spring 2023. So if you haven't watched our gaming episode, check that out. Uh, Get more of the Bad Fan Podcast in your life and all the more content you can see here on YouTube and Instagram. Um, But back to sports. Uh, The U.S. men's national team, boys, have officially booked their ticket to the World Cup in Qatar. (sighs) Wow. It feels good, doesn't it? Feels really good. You know, maybe it didn't feel good in the moment. The team did lose... 2-0 2-0 to zero to Costa Rica. Steve, what had the U.S. never done that still stuck true last night or the other night? Win in Costa Rica. <laughs> yep. So the Costa Ricans, the Ticos, held strong. I think even with a B lineup, 
uh, was sort of designated as a weaker lineup. Uh, they must have had those fresh legs. So the U.S. did go down. Um, they ended up finishing third in the group. So you had Mexico coming in second, just above the U.S., and you had Canada topping the group. Um, but all three teams received an automatic bid to the World Cup, and Costa Rica in fourth will now continue on to the World Cup qualifying playoff, and they will still have a chance to book their ticket to Qatar if they can win out. Um, but, hey, we got the monkey off our back, boys. You know, we might have wanted a better result getting a win or draw, but qualifying is qualifying, and it was good to see the guys celebrating in the locker room, all the posts on Instagram and Twitter and all over social media, just seeing how exciting it is for this young squad to make it. Um, guys, what were some of your initial reactions and thoughts from it? Um, I guess I'll start. I mean, I wanted to beat Costa Rica at Costa Rica. You know, you want to end this window on a high, I think, and, you know, getting that monkey off her back, <laughs> I think would have been great. You know, we've seen this before with Greg where, um, if a team has a semi-solid uh, mid to deep block or defensive line um, with okay pressing, we just we can't get any offense going. Um, mm. So at least from our forwards. <laughs> um, so when 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 the center backs, it's usually from set pieces, are the most likely to score on the night. It's not a great look. We need to we need to find a striker, don't we, Steve? <laughs> Yeah, we do. I mean, I don't know what Greg Brother's doing, not inviting Jesse Zardes um, <laughs> back to the camp. Maybe Josie Altador. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, are the you? U.S. falls. Uh, yes, uh, listen, if they can put the goal ball in the back of the net, I'll take it. Uh, but yeah, the U.S. falls two zero. Um, what I love, I think my most my favorite thing about being a soccer fan, more specifically a U.S. soccer fan, is how out of touch. United States sports fans are with our men's national team. Uh, I was watching, I mean, if you watch sports center, like they always call up Taylor Twelman when they don't know, cause they don't know how to, like sports media doesn't know how to talk about soccer in this country. Um, and I think they asked a the question. There's this guy. He's like, so after an incredibly embarrassing loss to Costa Rica, I, I guess we qualified <laughs> literally did air quotes. So bad. It was so and, bad. It's such a bad take, but <laughs> no, I mean, you qualify for the World Cup. This is something that Colombia couldn't do, Chile couldn't do, Italy, um, Italy couldn't champions. do. Yeah, and so, yeah, I think it even checks myself in a way of, you know, beggars can't be choosers, right? You know, like, would I have liked to win in Costa Rica? Absolutely. Um, more identity around this team? Sure. Do I have question marks? Absolutely. Who's our striker? Um <laughs> But no, it's it's an incredible accomplishment for the for the men's national team, especially with such a young, um, mm -hmm. talented group as well. And I will give a credit to Greg Berhalter to really move on from just about everybody um, that was a part of this last uh, qualifying cycle, which couldn't have been easy to do. Um, and so he allowed the young guys to go out there, mess up, maybe not play that well, and kind of realize in a an away game in honduras like no y'all have to win or you will lose right now to honduras um so i think it, that was very forming for our younger players um but yeah so I, i'm really excited um finished third um in qualifying tied with costa rica on points only ahead on goal differential but you know if fans are butts i mean the u.s qualified pretty pretty comfortably the uh the big question that was answered you know we talked a little bit about this last week, but I said that the biggest thing that Greg Berhalter was hired to do was to qualify for the World Cup. 
I don't think anyone was putting expectations on a U.S. team to go and, you know, win the World Cup, maybe to reach a semifinal. Those weren't the expectations. We spent a year on a job search to find a head coach <laughs> that maybe didn't have the pedigree that we wanted, but the one requisite that, but the one thing <laughs> that was needed was for the team to qualify for the World Cup, and that team now has done it. You know, this is essentially like a U23 team. There's barely anyone over the age of 23. You have, I think, Zach Steffen, DeAndre Yedlin, and maybe Matt Turner. So your whole, basically all your outfielders are mostly under 23 years old, which is pretty fascinating. Um, so it's pretty incredible for a team like this that's so young, relatively inexperienced, to then go and qualify for the World Cup, as we said, when teams couldn't do it. You know, some of the biggest European teams, um, even some of the bigger African teams missed out, like Nigeria. So it actually is an impressive feat, despite mm -hmm. being in CONCACAF, it's still not an easy go about because you still have to go to hostile environments and places that aren't easy to go and get results from. So the fact that we got that drawn you know, at the Azteca was huge um, and just getting some of the bigger wins elsewhere in the cycle was pretty impressive. So Greg did the job. Um, it's hard to argue with that. But yeah, there are still some question marks. I mean, you know, people bring up the debate now after you know the result in Costa Rica is Zach Steffen the guy in goal. Um, that's something that I felt pretty strongly that he's our number one. It'd be hard for me to take him out of goal. Like, I don't think Matt Turner has what it takes to shine on a stage like that quite yet. He may not ever get that chance. I just don't think he has the same pedigree that Stefan has proven to show. You know, he's played in some of the biggest games with Manchester City now. And, you know, I just don't think that you can take him out of goal. Despite looking pretty shaky in that game, I think he had some... You know, things he might regret. I think that headed goal uh, for number one for Costa Rica was pretty savable. I don't know if you guys agree on that. Um, and he made the mistake for the first one by not catching it too. I yeah. Think. yeah. And, the, right. and the second goal, he just looked a little bit lost, was caught out of position. <clears throat> um, I don't know. It was two preventable goals, perhaps, had he been uh, better prepared and maybe been in a better position. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, like we said, we made it. Uh, this team has some time now to sort things out, um, and they have the time to grow the team. And when they go to Qatar in November, December, you know, they can maybe shock the world and get out of their group stage and perhaps, you know, go beyond the round of 16, maybe find their way into the final eight. Or if they mm -hmm. do something incredible, they can go beyond that. So we'll see. Um, but, I think to yeah. also note, too, from uh, Matt Turner is now that he has signed for Arsenal, his form will only decline. So I'm looking to see a uh, new, <laughs> new backup goalkeeper because once you're a gooner, um, you can just kiss your career goodbye. So Turner's kind of dead to me now. Yeah, ask Debu Martinez about that at Aston Villa, man. He had to get out of there. <laughs> and, then he was the best, and then he was the best goalkeeper in the world for a year so. Yeah. Um, you have Leno and Arsenal, who I don't even know if he has a career now as a backup. <laughs> But Aaron Ramsdale has been impressing for Arsenal, so he I have to give them some credit. He there. just got there. To our big Arsenal listener, we're talking about Arsenal just for you right now, so I hope you're enjoying it. Mm -hmm. um, Kay Nort, glad to have you on the podcast with us. <laughs> Feel but, free to unsubscribe. <laughs> let me say one last thing about the U.S. before we move on. Um, you're completely right in saying, yes, we wanted to just qualify. Greg, just get us there. No one was expecting us to top Mexico. Um, no one is expecting us to place first in the qualifying. Um, no one expected us to beat Mexico at all. Let's be real. And we beat them three yeah. times um, in, in a year. Right. So mm -hmm. 
like there are some really good accomplishments along the way. Um, we did qualify at the end of the day, but I will say I, I do like how the fan base still like can see this potential in our team and still wants to be the best. Like that's, that's something good you want to have, right? Even yeah. though people are saying, Oh, it's toxic. It's all this, whatever. No, it's not. Like we all want the same thing. Don't we? <laughs> yeah. We all want to be the best. We want to be lifting that world cup. Trophy. We all do. We all do. So it's like, let people have their opinions, respect other people's opinions. Um, but yeah, we're, we're here. We're on the stage now, the biggest stage, uh, probably of any sport. And, um, I'm, I'm really excited. You know, we'll have some podcasts further down the line. I'm sure talking about this U S team, uh, going into world cup. Um, but we're there. We're there. Yeah. And Christian, right after Christian Pulisic had an interview and they're talking about, Oh, how excited are you? Whatever. And he's like, well, I wasn't, not happy about losing. Like I want to win. It's like that mentality does exist. These guys aren't just trying to settle. Um, They are trying to be proven winners. And so we'll see what they got coming this fall and winter. Did you get a chance to see a Christian Pulisic Chipotle ad already? (laughs) By the window. (laughs) Qualifying tastes so good. Use my promo code to see what I ordered. Also, I will say I'm not surprised we, uh, we lost against Costa Rica. Cause if you go watch the behind the line, is it behind the lines, the YouTube behind series the crest or something behind the crest? Yeah. I think that's it. Um, they basically do this documentary style, like video of each match. That the U S men's team plays. You should go watch it on YouTube. Um, after the game against Panama, they, they basically like in the locker room and stuff were already like, yeah, we like, we're going to the world cup. So I don't think they really came out to go. They weren't in the best mind frame, I guess, to go beat Costa Rica, I guess we'll say, mm. but. Yeah, moving on, moving on. I could talk about it yeah. for a long time. <laughs> hey, yeah, we have plenty of time. We got a couple of months to talk about it and yes. build up to the World Cup and Qatar. All the controversy even surrounding that, we might land on some points for. But uh, the most important thing coming up is we had the World Cup draw. So a lot of the teams that have qualified, there's still a handful of teams that haven't. Um, we're going to give you a look at those teams that um, are now going to be a part of the pot, the big draw coming up. So these are the teams that have qualified. So you have Qatar, the obvious hosts of the tournament. Um, then you have a lot of the teams that'll be in um, pot one, pot two, pot three, pot four. You can see in the bottom right-hand corner of that, uh, you have Costa Rica and New Zealand. They will take on each other and won the World Cup playoff qualifiers. You still have Peru, Australia, and the United Arab Emirates to figure out where they're going. Wales, Scotland, Ukraine all have left uh, to play for. So still some teams up in the air, but the draw will go on. Those teams won't even finish their games until I think June 16th. So they'll pretty much be assigned to pots, which those pots look like this. Well, this is so pot one. You have the host in Qatar, Brazil, Belgium, France, Argentina, England, Spain, and Portugal. Um, the U.S. will be paired with Mexico, the Netherlands, Denmark, Germany, Uruguay, Switzerland, and Croatia. And then you have pot three and pot four. Um one of you guys want to give the people a kind of a quick rundown of what all this sort of looks like and means? Me? Why do you always do that? Why am I the one? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so basically, um, FIFA, um, the governing body for the World Cup, um, ranks national teams. And this this always happens, and they update it every so often. Well, they just did um, a March 31st ranking, as you can see up there. Um, and Brazil took the top spot. Usually like the top 10 don't really change all too much. Um, you might be surprised to see Germany at 12th. I was sort of surprised to see that. 
um, that were the USA is only three places below them. Yeah, well, even which I don't like Denmark above them and Mexico. I know, I know. I mean, so I we were talking surprising. about this before. I think it's a mix of form and just like a lot of other just like power ranking stuff, like probably players, history, things like that. Um, but yeah, for the draw, which will be. Well, when this comes out, it'll be a little bit later. <laughs> uh, I think it's at 11 a.m. or maybe 12 p.m. It's 11.30. Okay, there you go. Um, so basically what will, what will happen is sort of like a, like the what what's the, the lottery. That's what I'm trying to say. There'll be, there'll be a hat, a literal pot with these names in there, and they'll go pot one, France, pot two, Switzerland, you know, and so on. And they'll do that until everybody has been given – a group for the world cup. Um, I hope did that, did that come across clearly? Was that, was that clear yes. enough guys? Um, and a big important part to note as well. So as far as I'm aware, you cannot have two teams from the same, uh, federation like area. Yes, so let's just say true. England and France are both in pot one, but those two teams cannot match up with each other. So, well, yes, they can't, but also, it's more of a, um, like, for example, let's say England get picked, then the U.S. get picked, and then Poland get picked, and then Canada get picked. They will redraw that Canada slot, that pot four, because the USA has already played Canada. They're, they're from the same region. Right. Um, so they would have to redraw. So if, you might see that a couple times if you follow the draw. Um, from my understanding, that's how, how it's going to be. Um, but I wonder how those playing games work. Like, let's say Costa Rica beats New Zealand, um, but they already drew in the same group as USA. Does that matter? I have no idea. I guess we'll find out. We'll find we? out. Yeah. Um, I guess let's play a little bit of what if, you know, maybe some scenarios we would want to see. I guess we'll focus on the U.S. as that's our country. That's probably a lot of our viewership's country. So, um, Stephen, I'm going to start with you this time. If you were able to control the draw to control those <laughs> those picks what would your ideal u.s uh pick be yeah ideal. um i got gotcha. you um oh, gosh uh probably guitar, say guitar? <laughs> yeah guitar because we be, we already beat them in the gold cup this past summer when they decided to come in our tournament mm-hmm. and they're by far the weakest team um and then i would say at a pot three i'd probably want to play Probably like a Tanzania or Iran, um, and Tunisia. then out of Tunisia, Tunisia. My bad. Um, and then pop four. Uh, I would probably want to play. Scared of Cameroon. I can't play Canada, Ecuador. Nah. I don't know. As another thing depends on those playing games. I would take Australia um, if that's an option. Probably out of all those, um, but out of ones that are already qualified, probably Saudi Arabia. Good mm. choice. Yeah, Brandon, who would you pick in your ideal group? Um, Qatar for sure. Is it Cutter? I've heard pr- people pronounce it Cutter. I don't know if that's the correct pronunciation. Hardly uh, ever. Come on. Oh shoot. <laughs> um, okay. Other than. I'll say Qatar. Um, 
I would love England. I think that'd be so fun. The banter between the U.S. and England would be nonstop until the World Cup. Um, I think that would really <laughs> test. That would really test the U.S., wouldn't it? Um, so I, other than Qatar, I'd say I would love to see England play because I think we also follow a lot of those players. Um, in the pot three, oh man. Korea, just so I can see Sun yes. play. Are you trying um, to get out of the group stage, my guy? <laughs> <laughs> we would beat Korea. And then anybody in that last, I think we would beat, maybe not, uh, I don't know. I'd probably take Ecuador, who, who's on there right now. But yeah, New Zealand, Australia. I mean, do the Arab Emirates even have a chance? Really? <laughs> um, I would not want any team from number 32. Um, Wales, Scotland, or Ukraine. They would all, I think, yeah, probably, yeah, I mean, they could beat the U.S. Let's just say that. I like your shout for England in pot one. Um, I think it'd be fun to have a rematch against Portugal. We beat them mm. in 2014 to advance. Um, tie. Do we beat them or play tie? them in the knockout? Well, I meant, don't want, I meant, don't want them meant, in the group. <laughs> I meant that we escaped the group. Oh, that was, gotcha, gotcha. We escaped the group with Germany that year. Um, I mean, obviously you want to play Qatar if you get lucky enough to play the host country. Um, but realistically, I think that's the team that we have the best chance of beating would be Portugal. Um, Brazil's great. Belgium, all those teams are great. I think Portugal we'd have the best chance against. Um, I think playing a team like Iran would be ideal. But if I'm going for entertainment value, Korea would be fun. Just to see Sunny play against the U.S. would probably be a once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing. Would be really cool as well. Um, I don't want to see Wales from Pot Four. I don't want to have to play against Gareth Bale. Um, Wales is a hungry team that you know if they can advance through, they're going to potentially find their way out of a group. Maybe mm-hmm. um, just from I know his magic left foot. We talk about all the time, but the team that has been our menace for many World Cups is Ghana. So again, one of those teams that'd be fun to see. You know, just to see if we can find redemption and beat them. Um, but it also, they are the bane of our existence as the United States team. Please, so no. <laughs> probably don't want to see them. You know, I think there's always a lot of talk about the group of death. The group of death really would probably be us versus France and Senegal. And then that would probably be Ghana slash one of those Wales teams. Like that would be the hardest group that the U.S. would have to escape from. We've done it before in 2014. We had Germany, Portugal, us, and I think it was Ghana, correct? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. If y'all remember correctly, Clinton Dempsey scored that. Yeah, first I was just getting ready to say Ghana that. With that sweet goal. Oh, I remember exactly where I was when it happened. That was so amazing. Um, but there's some magic. This U.S. team can stir the pot a little bit, create some magic. Um, do you guys agree? Would that probably be the hardest group that we would be able to escape from? Obviously, the, you can toss around some ones, but Senegal and probably like Wales or uh, Ghana. Yeah, I mean, so because they're from Africa, there couldn't be two African teams from my understanding. Mm-hmm. So I would not want to play Wales. I think Scotland's actually better than Wales. So I would not want to play any of those teams. So yeah, definitely Wales or Scotland. Senegal or maybe Poland are maybe the best in pot three because Poland's got Lewandowski. Yeah. Um, thank God. France. Oh God. <laughs> I couldn't imagine playing France. Yeah. yeah I mean, no. Belgium is also a beatable team. I mean, 
I mean, they yeah, were for being number, number three, I think they are. Or I mean, I guess two in the actual rankings. I think they, I think we'd match up well against them. Right. Uh, that would also be another chance for the U.S. to gain some redemption after Wondolowski missed a sitter an extra time. You know, the U.S. Maybe they get a chance to to go up against God, the Belgians again. So bad. <laughs> oh, so that, bad. That is also burned into my memory. That was. That was a very memorable World Cup for the U.S. I mean, mm-hmm. so many chances, a lot of great moments. You, know, you think about Jermaine Jones's goal. Um, you think about, I mean, even that game against Portugal. You know, they equalized like the 88th minute on a Cristiano. Was it Cristiano header. goal or assist on the corner? I, think it was a, I thought it was a header from him. Maybe it was an um, assist. I don't know. Yeah, just, yeah, there was a lot of big moments in that 2014 World Cup. So I'm just excited to be back, honestly. There's... So much to look forward to, so much growth to happen in the next couple of months from the U.S. men's national team. Um, but we have, like we said, so long to talk about that, to get catch, caught up on. Uh, but the Premier League is back after the international break. This is important. Um, again, coming down to crunch time, uh, there's not any crazy huge matchups, but like we've been talking about, every game, every point matters from here on out. So top to bottom, you know, people are fighting for relegation. We still have a huge title race going, and we have an enormous top four race going on um a couple of the games we want to watch out for brandon <laughs> the villains are back yeah i threw this game in there because it's um we never talk about villa but wolves are playing villa um it's fair. a it's a mid-table game it's eight versus nine um villa don't really have a lot to play for um hopefully they can just secure that ninth spot as we go throughout the rest of the season wolves are still in the mix for that European conference league. Mm-hmm. Um, so they might be looking up the table a little bit because I think there's a 10 point gap between Villa and Wolves right now. So it's basically, you know, wow. it's chalk. Yeah. So it's a weird little thing. So I mean, that's what I'm saying. Villa, if they can just stick in the top half, that, that'd be great. I mean, they can um, go on a run. You never know. I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's true. It's true. Um, the other teams falter and they find some form, but yeah, it is crunch time. So. not the case. All the games are going to be really good towards the end of the season. That's usually how it is, right? So, uh, but yeah, and also this is the Midlands Derby. Derby. Um, Derby. This is not their actual <laughs> rivalry. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, this is not their actual rival. Uh, Birmingham City is, but you know, I guess if you're some, from the same part of the country, you have a little bit of rivalry there. So, um, yeah, that, that should be a good one. Um, let's see. We have, uh, two versus 18 Liverpool versus Watford. Um, Watford, I'm trying to remember the last game they played. Did they get a win in one of their last two games? I think they may have. Um, they're still fighting for their lives down at the bottom of the table. Um, they beat Man U earlier in the season. I want to say they beat another big team earlier on in the season. So they are able to win some games. Um, but depending on, you know, if Mo Salah comes back angry after skying that PK, he might come out with a hat trick on this one. Um, after all those lasers pointed in his face, which we've kind of skipped over. That was a big controversial thing that I'm very surprised there has not been any formal, you know, word on it. I think the Egyptians potentially filed for a replay. You guys have any thoughts on if that should happen or not real quick? Yeah, um, so I saw that. It was crazy. But after looking into, like, Sky and, like, hearing a bunch of former players say stuff, um, it's a very common um, thing that happens. Um, Really hearing a lot of, like, former players' takes. 
Um, like, no one seemed to make that big of a deal out of it, um, which was interesting to me. So I guess it's just one of those things that might escape me, um, not being a player. But uh, yeah, so it, it said it was crazy. Like, yeah, but I know um, a guy used to play in Man City that is on Sky. Um, Micah Richards? Don't... It's not Micah. Um, some other guy. Why have I been on ESPN? Anyways, um, he was like, yeah, I just think it was a bad penalty. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, so I don't think anything's going to really come out of it. Um However, it is insane. Uh, all things considered, yeah. <laughs> that it to was be the, a moment like not that being the World so much Cup on the line. Yeah, that's that's not easy to swallow. But yeah, I think personally, I think Liverpool is probably going to come out on top of this one. Probably having a couple of guys be well rested. If Sala even starts, <laughs> yeah, he may not even. Brandon, what do you think about that game? Yeah, Watford did win their last game before the break, two uh, one against Southampton. Um, they're really the only team that has a chance of getting out of that bottom uh, relegation spot. I think there are three away from Everton right now, but they play the most games in the premier league Watford has. So it's like, it's, it's not looking good for them. Um, I could see like a four nothing here, honestly, but again, it's the premier league. You really never know. Watford could come back fresh after this break I don't know how many internationals they have, so they could have all been training the whole time with each other, you know, yeah. full team training. So hey, I saw a bit I saw a Ben Foster, the cycling GK. <laughs> he posted they were having full uh, team scrimmage. Scrimmage, yeah, so yeah. They were going at it. They might be ready to play the Hornets. So yeah, they they might be. And remind me, Claudio Ranieri's still there, right? Gone. No, no they, they fired him. Fired they, fired the, Hodgson, they fired the Hodgson, pizza boy. Hodgson is in. Oh, it's Hodgson. Well, hey, he's been around. He, he knows. He knows how to get out of the get out of that bottom zone. He so does. You know what? I wouldn't put. I would. I wouldn't be surprised if Watford won one nothing here. Um, you know, a break for Liverpool that was so they were so hot before the break. You never. You, you know, when you're hot, you don't want to break. <laughs> so, yep. but when you're playing Tottenham poorly, you do want to break. All about that. <laughs> yeah. So. I don't know. Mark me down for one nothing Watford. <laughs> okay. The uh, the other big match we're watching is sort of the same situation. You got Man City taking on Burnley. We've been talking a lot about Burnley this past month or so that they should have been one of those teams that could claw their way out of relegation, but they're sitting there nineteenth, and I think they might have a game or two in hand, but they haven't found, except for that one against Tottenham, those big results they really need to God. escape relegation. Uh, I, I didn't mean to bring it up, Stephen, but it is their big game that they won. Um, I don't think they can get the job done against Man City. Again, like we talked about earlier, Man City just have way too much depth. They don't even have to play all their starters to get a win over Burnley. No. Burnley 1-0. <laughs> Look, they love that low block. Um, and Man City do, from time to time, have a have City a is sliding. Time. <laughs> have a hard time uh breaking down teams when they ha- when they just sort of sit in there um it's at burnley so that could be interesting <laughs> it's at turf more um, see how the weather is yeah um you know i i can't see it dude they sold chris wood to newcastle after that sale i think the writing was on the wall definitely he's <laughs> i mean 
he's the only thing that they had up front. So now they have a dude that I think is like six seven, but it's like he can't really do anything. He's not nearly as good as Chris Woods. So does Sean Dyche survive his tenure at Burnley if they go down? I think they would be idiotic to fire Sean Dyche if he wants to stay. After oh, what yes, he's yes. done for that team, staying in the Premier League this long with no investment <laughs> and not a lot of talent, yeah, that would be wild. Yeah, they have a championship-level team um, for sure. He's done an amazing job. You know what? I could see them going down, him leaving, and then taking um, a couple months break until one of those bottom teams that come up or you know whoever's struggling next year to fire their coach and him him come in and maybe maybe do something with some good players, you know, with some money. Who knows? Be um, new Arsenal coach. <laughs> <laughs> the new man, actually, the new man, new coach. I heard that. I heard they're looking for <laughs> a beautiful style of football is coming. Yeah, screw, screw Ten Hog, man. It's gonna be Sean Dyche. Yep. Hot take. Wow. 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 <laughs> Yeah, this uh, obviously, though, the big implications are, though, if Liverpool and City, you know, if they can get the wins, then that race continues. Um, but if they get a draw or one team gets a win, um, there's some big, big points up in the air on this one. So that's why we want you to keep your eyes on those games. Um, so much to play for, so much to keep your eyes on. Um, what, what am I going to say here, boys? As we go from Europe to... The U.S., mm-hmm. our favorite league in the world. The best Major, league in the world, The baby. best league in the world, Major League Soccer. This is our Fast Five edition that we always love to uh, end on. Um, some of the big games to see from the weekend. Uh, the first one, Philadelphia Union, first in the East, taking on Charlotte, eighth. So Charlotte's been probably punching above their weight class recently. He's sitting in eight, scoring some goals for Dersky, not going on international <laughs> duty, staying home, hitting some bangers. Guys, what's the uh, prediction here? What's going to happen? Steve. I'll go first. Um, Philly 3-0 because he didn't leave on international duty, so the oh. Polish gods are going to punish him. Mm. So 3-0 Philly. Bad Juju coming back. I agree Bad with that. Juju. I'll say... Two nothing Philly. Two nothing Philly. Moving on. Toronto twelfth in the East. New York City tenth in the East. Wow. Who would have seen the graceful grace? I guess what, what would the word graceful? I don't know. <laughs> Fall I'm from sorry, grace. Guys. Fall from grace. I'm back. It's live TV, grace. y'all. <laughs> Anyways, this game's going on, and I think that this game's probably going to be crappy. Probably like a one-one draw, to be honest. Ooh, I was thinking one one draw, but for my you know preseason predictions good. of Toronto, I feel like I gotta take them here, right? They're at yeah. Home. Come on, Bob Bradley, man. Ooh, I will say they're nothing without Insignia, anyways. Oh <laughs> dang! Don't say that. I'll say two nothing Toronto. Two nothing Toronto. You're like oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just picking a number. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll go. Let's see. Is it in Toronto? It is. Yeah, I'll go 2 1. I'll go 2 1 Toronto. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> Let's go. I think they're a little bit better than Communicaciones. Bro, you said 4 2 like a couple weeks ago for a game. <laughs> no, nah, I didn't. It's the, it is the MLS. <laughs> okay, so I said 2 0. Oh, All right, let's go. Let's go. Let's just don't worry about me. Cole, what do okay, you think okay, about okay. it? 
I already said it's going to be oh, yeah, a one, one. draw crappy game. Uh, DC versus Atlanta, our team making the trip up to Washington, DC. It's not going to go well for Atlanta. They're going to lose two to one. Sorry about it. Mm, I feel that sentiment hard. <laughs> I really do. I, don't like I to think see that, but... we'll get a draw. I think we'll get a draw. I'll say one, one. I'll do draw as well. Um, two, two, and I'll pick the late winning goal. This time we'll go to Josef Martinez. Joseph tying or winning? Oh, sorry, sorry. Tying goal. Yes. Okay, I was about goal. to say. <laughs> no. Late equalizer. Tying goal. Jo- say Joseph Hattrick. Just say it. Mm. <laughs> we can't do it. We're losing no, on the road. No, we can't. We Probably. Can't. <laughs> Julian Gressel is about to eat our lunch. Mm. Um, New England Revolution, they are not where they want to be either. They're sitting 11th. They're taking on New York Red Bulls, who are fifth in the East. A lot of Eastern matchups. I'm seeing a theme here. Um, New England, I think they have to find something. Um, they've looked really cold at the start of this season. They're at home. That's a really big advantage. I think they wake up out of their slumber. I don't know if it's going to be pretty, but I think they can grind out maybe like a 2-0 win. Dos a cero. Um, it just depends on what Rebel does, but I think New England finds something and they can get a win this week finally. I'll go one nothing New England. Yeah, I think they'll get back on track. Red Bulls have looked pretty good, and I don't think they're giving up a lot of goals from what I remember. Uh, I could be totally wrong. Who knows? Um, I'll say one nothing New England. Uh, Josie out the door hat trick New England three zero. That's the prediction. <laughs> that's Moving the prediction, on. and Bucket. that's the truth. Bucket. Oh, uh, the last one we're looking at. Orlando is we're in fourth place. Uh, LASC is in first place in the West. Um, Carlos Vela is just going to love eating Orlando's lunch. He's going to get a hat trick, calling it now. Uh, they're going to destroy Orlando 4-1. to one. Excited to oh. see it. A lot of hat trick calls. Um, I think Vela will score. He might have two, actually, two and an assist, I'd say. They will score three goals. Will Orlando score? Yes, it'll be 3-1. <laughs> I got hot take. Galesi, a clean sheet. Oh. Orlando, 1-0 over LAFC. It is, is in Orlando. One, is he so. the one they call the octopus? Yes. 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 He's a great goalkeeper. <laughs> I've seen way too many saves from him against Atlanta United. Way too many. Yeah, That's I got Orlando, 1-0. Place. Hmm. That's your Fast Five, folks, as we always do when the MLS matchups come through the weekend. Uh, maybe not always the best takes, but they are hot and they are something. Um, even when our English is bad. Um, <laughs> but as we start to close things out, um, some things to look forward to that we haven't mentioned yet. MLB season starts one week from now. Um, opening day is April 7th. I know our World Series champion, Atlanta Rays, will be taking on the Cincinnati Reds on ESPN at about 8 o'clock next Thursday. Um, as you feel like it may not even happen, it may not come, um, it's here. Uh, we'll definitely try to give you guys a big breakdown um, working alongside Steve our in-house baseball resident. Um, we'll get in all the weeds of everything and get you guys in the know, get ready for the MLB season. Excited for that. March Madness comes to an end this weekend in New Orleans. Um, big Final Four matchups. Uh, the Women's Final Four also taking place in Minneapolis. Um, so you have the big 2-1 seeds facing off with South Carolina Louisville and a 2-1 versus one, UConn versus Stanford in the women's game. Um, in the Men's Final Four, you got... 
uh, Villanova taking on Kansas, North Carolina versus Duke, which is a historic matchup unseen before in the men's tournament. That final is on Monday, April 4th. Um, I know we did some predictions, but I'm really hoping to see Duke pull out, win this championship. Who was y'all's winners real quick for the people? Remind them. I think I said Kansas overall, but if Duke goes to the final, I'll, I'll take Duke. Storybook ending. Steve, real quick. Yeah, my analytical best take uh, was was Duke <laughs> winning it all. Yes. Smart. He's a romantic. Man. He is romantic. <laughs> That's what you got to love about sports. Sports are romantic. You do. Um, well, man, another episode. This is our 10th episode of The Bad Fan. You know, Yay! So I'm really excited to reach that milestone with you guys. Um, it's been so fun to get to chat and talk. Love getting to do it with two best friends. Um, and we're glad to include you guys, the listener and the viewer. Um, but yeah, thank you again so much for tuning in today. Um, if you enjoyed today's time together, please give it a thumbs up. It's free and only takes a second of your time. Subscribe if you're not already a bad fan. Um, we're trying to get to 100 subs by the summer. Um, I was sort of scheming. Maybe we'll do some sort of giveaway at that point mm, on like Instagram awesome. or something. That might be kind of cool just to get you guys involved. Share it with some friends. Um, really gain some traction for us. That would be greatly appreciated. Uh, yeah, also get involved by commenting on the video. Share some thoughts. Share your picks. Who you think might win some games? Did we make some bad takes? Have some good takes? Um, anything we might have missed? Um, interact with our Instagram posts and reels. Um, anything that you see, give it a like. Give it a share. Um, really, really appreciate anything. And if you need some link trees, find any of the places you need to go in the description below. Um, click on it and find all the resources you need for the bad fan. Um, but thank you once again for joining us. Um, all the bad fan podcast really appreciate you Um, we hope you guys have a great day have a great weekend be safe be smart and as always we'll see you next time until then peace